Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful biblically based messages live down the internet. This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God for our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's show, we will continue to discuss the question, was the atonement completed at the cross? We will be studying what the Bible teaches. Our guest speaker is based in Indiana, in the United States of America. More about our guest after we've had some music.
was the atonement completed at the cross? We will continue to discuss this subject tonight with Elder John Skeet. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Let's now call Elder Skeet and see if he's available. Hello. Yes, hello. Good evening, Elder Skeet. You are live and voice in the wilderness internet radio. How are you this evening, Elder Skeet? Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Elder Skeet, tonight we will be discussing these questions together as we continue to study the subject. Was the atonement completed at the cross? What do modern Christians teach concerning the atonement? Was the atonement completed at the cross? How long would this atoning work be continuing for? Should we be concerned about the atonement? And how does the atonement relate to us today? So, Elder Skeet, before we start, would you like to have a word of prayer with us together this evening? Okay, before I pray, I'd just like to say a thank you for um, Voice in the Wilderness Radio um, inviting me to come on. And, and, and I'm really happy that... Um, that this radio ministry is tackling some of these meteor doctrines. Amen. I'm just a, a common student of the scriptures. I'm not a trained theologian, but I'll try to avoid theological terms and try to make the subject practical and devotional. So, so let's have a word of prayer. Yes. Our gracious Father in heaven, Lord, we, we just praise you for your, your love, your kindness, your compassion, your wisdom, your power. Lord, we're so thankful that... <clears throat> Your arm of omnipotence is joined to a, a heart of kindness and long-suffering and that you have graced us with uh, the wonderful truths of your word, which rescue, educate, and redeem. And as we turn our attention to the subject of this evening, we pray that your spirit would abide with every radio listener and that he, the sacred Holy Spirit, will open up our understanding to these truths. We thank you for sending the sacred teacher, because he've asked it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Elder Skeet, what do modern Christians teach concerning the atonement? Now, what evangelical Christians, but what modern Christians believe concerning the atonement is not uniform. So to be fair, we should avoid making statements as to what all modern Christians believe. But right. I believe that the position that's set forth in Unger's Bible Dictionary is a good summary of what most Christians, if you ask them questions about the atonement, that Unger's um, statement on the atonement in his dictionary is what most modern Christians believe. And I'll just read just a part of that statement. Right. And I'm quoting, I'm quoting, it says, while the scriptures do not give philosophical theory or explanation of the atonement, nor perhaps furnish us with data altogether sufficient for such a theory, still it is true that A, the scriptures reveal the atonement to us as an accomplished fact. B, they represent this fact as necessary to human salvation. And C, while the whole earthly life of Christ contained an atoning element, the virtue of the atonement is to be found chiefly in his sacrificial death. That's wow. Unger's Bible Dictionary on the Atonement. So 
They said it's necessary to be saved, but it is an accomplished fact, and it's found chiefly in his sacrificial death. <clears throat> now, I think Unger's statement that the atonement is an accomplished fact is uh, not correct, right. which I will elaborate more on when we get to our second question. But further, um, the statement that the atonement is to be found chiefly in his sacrificial death, <clears throat> while that is almost universally believed by Christendom, um, Christians everywhere around the world, it, it could lead believers to think that everything or almost everything is accomplished by Christ's death 2,000 wow. years ago. But according to the Bible, the blessing of the atonement, is, the blessing of it is received when we internalize his death. What do I mean? <clears throat> Most Christians believe that the atonement, God's provision for man's salvation, takes place entirely outside of the believer. And this is true in a sense, you know, we didn't die on the cross. It was Jesus, the Son of God, who died. But, but the scriptures teach that God invites mankind to partake of this wonderful provision made on Calvary. God wants each of us to experience the atonement. Yes, it was accomplished by God outside of us. You know, Hebrews 10.10 10 says we are sanctified by the offering of Jesus Christ once for all. But, but, but he desires to put that atonement within us. I, I would say that the atonement is participatory. Now, we don't, we don't participate in saving man, but, right. but God's atoning death is to come into us. So some of the listeners might be saying, Brother Skeet, what are you talking about? I, I've never heard anything like that before. Okay, so let's take a little walk in the scriptures, shall right. we? Yes. <laughs> you know, um, uh, I will remind our listeners that um, the only text that mentions in the King James Version the word atonement is found in Romans 5, 10 and 11, where it says, I'm just going to paraphrase it there. It says that we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. And verse, that's verse 10. In verse 11, it says, by whom we have now received the atonement. And, and, and we mentioned last week that that word atonement comes from a Greek word, katalage, uh, which means an exchange, an exchange where, where man is restored to divine favor. But, but the point that I want to make right here that I think that modern Christians don't grasp, um, not all of them, some of them do, is that. Jesus' atoning death is to be experienced right. by all believers. Um, in Romans chapter 6, in verse 3, it says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. It didn't say baptized into death. It said baptized into his death. Right. So every, every Christian that believes is actually supposed to enter in to that atoning death. You know, we know, and it says in Matthew 27, how he was crucified at Calvary, but Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. You know, in another example, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 10, Paul says that we should always be bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So these texts are showing us that, um, that, that if we take a narrow position that everything was accomplished on the cross and that there's nothing left for us to do, we're, 
we're really um, narrowing it down more than we should. Right. So what do modern Christians believe concerning the atonement? They believe that the atonement is an accomplished fact and that is it is achieved by Jesus' death on the cross. And, um, but actually the scriptures teach that each believer is to actually taste of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Right. That everything involved in the atoning work was not yet completed when Jesus died 2,000 years ago. Right. Yes. Well, Brother Skeet, in essence, what you've been basically sharing with us is that this work, the work of the atonement is not just something where we'll just sit down and let God do everything for us. Is that we've got the part to play as well, in essence, and that there's a cooperation. Is that right, Brother Skeet, in essence? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, I believe it's... um First uh, Corinthians two nine, the Bible says we are laborers together with God, Amen. and that's the wonderful thing about the atonement is that the atonement. Um, it's not First Corinthians two nine. I'll have to find the reference. But the the um, the wonderful thing about the atonement is that it it relates to our salvation. It's practical. It's instructive to tell us about our cooperation with God. Yes, because right. you know um, to be laborers together with God means it's just like the farmer. You know. God puts the miracle in, of life in the seed. He sends the sun and the rain, but we still got to get out there and dig up the weeds and, and, and sow the field and do our part. And it's the same with our salvation. God, what Jesus has provided in his perfect life, his shameful death, and now his all-powerful high priestly ministry is wonderful, but we, we have to respond to that. We yes. have to cooperate with him. Yes. And this moves us on now to Elder Skeet, uh, our next question question now and and this is the main theme for this series we're having together was the atonement completed at the cross the bible answer to that question is no the atonement is still continuing still taking place today now while most christians agree with the position stated in unger's bible dictionary where it stated, quote, the scriptures reveal the atonement to us as an accomplished fact, unquote. But this is not correct. Most modern Christians believe that it's completed because they do not understand that in the Bible, the atonement has two phases, a sacrificial phase and a mediatorial phase. Blood must be shed and blood must be applied. Now, some of your listeners might be saying, Brother Skeet, where did you get that from? I've never heard that before. Okay, so let's take a, let's take a little walk in the scriptures. Is that yes. okay? Yes, well, okay. certainly. Let's, let, let's walk down and let's walk this thing through now. If, if our radio listeners would turn to Exodus chapter 12, if you have a Bible, just open it up to Exodus chapter 12, and there um, you will see the, the story of the Passover. And in our study last week, we discovered that The word atonement occurs once in the New Testament, in the King James Version, and 69 times in the Old Testament. So we we learned that it is the sacrificial system that is the key to unlocking the truth about the atonement. And and if you look at Exodus 12, there on the Passover, um, when the angel of death was coming to destroy the firstborn, when he arrived at every house, what was he looking for? In Exodus 12, 
in verse 6, it says that they were to keep that lamp. Um, it says, and it shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall, it says, kill it in the evening. Right. Verse 7, and they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and the upper door posts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. You, so the, the people that were striking it were eating of the lamb. Right. Verse 13 says, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So, the, so which house did the angels not enter? It was the houses where the blood was there. Yes. Or, or you could say it another way, which, which house did the, did the angel of death go into and slay the firstborn? It's where no applied blood was seen. Yes. So people say, you know, when the lamb is slain, all is done, and we can just rest in that completed work. But in the Passover, we see that the people were not safe until the blood was applied. Right. And so the, the death of Christ on the cross was the beginning. Yes, it was wonderful. It was necessary yes. that the Son of God would shed his blood. It showed the tremendous love that God had for us. But that was not the end of the atonement. It was just the beginning. The blood had to be applied. Right. We, can see, we can see it again clearly uh, when you get to the sanctuary service that was established on Sinai. You know, Moses wrote out all those services, you know, in Exodus and Leviticus and those chapters there of all the sin offering and trespass offerings. And in those services, various animals were slain. But look how the Bible describes what happened right. after the animal was killed. In Leviticus chapter 4, in verse 20, it says, And he shall do with the bullock as he did with the bullock for a sin offering. So shall he do with this. And the priests shall make an atonement for them, right. and it shall be forgiven them. If you're in your Bibles, you can look at Leviticus chapter 4, verse 26. It's the same thing. It says, and the priest, not the animal, and the priest yes. shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin, and it shall be given, forgiven him. If you look at the last half of Leviticus 4, 31, you'll find the same thing. In fact, if you take time to search it out, you will find this phrase in Leviticus chapters 4, 5, and 6. 10 different times. Right. It doesn't mention the lamb. It says, the priest shall make an atonement. Right. The priest shall make an atonement. The priest shall make an atonement. And it shall be forgiven. So, so as we look in the Old Testament, we can see this extraordinarily important fact that the atonement is a two-phase provision. It is sacrificial yes. and mediatorial. And, and, and actually, it answers the question that most Christians can't answer. And what question is that? The question is, why hasn't Jesus returned? Right. <laughs> Say, John, if you were to <laughs> talk to the average Christian yes. on the street, streets of London, and, and you say to him, if Jesus finished everything on the cross, why hasn't he come back? Yes. They would be stumped. Or you could ask it another way. You could say, um... What has Jesus been doing for the last 2,000 years? Yes, that's true. If you, if you ask people that, they, they, they can't answer. Uh, and, and, and some will say, 
Well, he's building mansions for us. Yes. Hold on now. Hold hold on now. That can't be right. You're trying to tell me that it takes God 2,000 years to build some gold and pearl houses? That can't be right. Because the first two chapters of the Bible teach that God created the whole world in six days. You know, Psalms 33, verse 9. He spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. You know, this idea that Jesus is building mansions for centuries and centuries, it, it comes from a, a misinterpretation right. of John 14. John 14. You know, most of us know John 14 by memory. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, in my father's house, do you know what the very next word is? The yes. very next word is are. A-R-E. He said, in my father's house are many right. mansions. Yes. <laughs> that's what he said. That's what he said, John? Yes. That's what he, that's what he said. And, and just in case you missed it, Jesus went on to say, if it were not so, I would have told you. And then he goes on to say, I go to prepare a place for you. So, so, so what is this place he's preparing? Right. The, the Bible answers that. The same Apostle John, who penned John 14, actually saw Jesus in heaven after he ascended to prepare a place for us. And and what did he see Jesus doing? You can find it in Revelation chapter 1 in verses 10 through 13. What is is this place that Jesus went to prepare? It, It says there that John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he heard up behind him a great voice as of a trumpet. And the voice said, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. That was Jesus. Verse 12 says yes. in Revelation chapter 1 that he turned to see the voice that spake with him. And being turned, it says he saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like the Son of Man, clothed like a priest, with a garment down to his foot, girded about his chest with golden girdle. Yes. And, and so, so John actually sees Jesus. And he's in the seven candlesticks. He's working there. He's ministering to the candlesticks. And what are those candlesticks? Revelation 1, verse 20, the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. That's it right there, John. Here it is. The the place that Jesus went to prepare is the church all down through the ages. You see, when you're making buildings out of gold and pearl, you can just speak. Boom, they appear. Bam, they're there. But people have rebellious wills. (laughs) <laughs> and that work to, 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 to prepare a people to come to heaven, that work takes a long time to accomplish. Yes. So what, was the atonement complete on the cross? The answer, according to the Bible, is no. The Bible teaches that in order for us to be safe from eternal death, yes. the blood that is shed, that blood must be applied. And it's the sacrificial system that teaches us that not only the sacrifice, but it is the priest that makes an atonement for us to be forgiven. Yes. Now, Elder Skeet, so can we say this and to explain it like this, in that Calvary, at Calvary, the provision was made for you and I to be saved and the whole human race, but we have to then accept that provision and allow God to apply his mediatorial work to us, to our hearts and to our lives. Can we say yes. that, Elder Skeet? Yes, there's a, there, there's a, 
there, there's two parts to what God is doing. Jesus was the uh, the lamb that died who provided the blood. Yes. But Jesus is also the priest who applies that blood. And then there's yes. a part that we have to do on our side is to accept his um, atoning sacrifice that he made on the cross and to also accept his atoning intercession that he yes. makes on our behalf where he he is our priest instructs us he teaches us he tells us how to cooperate with him he tells us how to apply um the scriptures and and his blood to our lives and yes. how to, to to get cleaned up um yes. we have to be listening to our priest and and if you're not if you don't know that Christ is your priest if you're not looking to him to to do his marvelous work in your heart then um, you're at a, a, a huge disadvantage in, in the spiritual warfare that we're fighting. Yes. Well, Elder Skeet, thank you for that comprehensive answer. Now, as we move on, the next logical question is, how long will this atoning work be continuing for? Okay. Um, how long will this atoning work be continuing? To answer this question, we have to go back again, to the sacrificial service given to Moses on Sinai. Right. And there's, there's many people that will object to this. Um, they'll say, listen, it's impossible to know where Jesus is in heaven. No one knows what he's doing, or yes. no one has any idea how long it will last. But, but John, God doesn't want his people to dwell in darkness. For centuries, God gave ancient Israel a service Yes. That would explain what their heavenly priests would do. Listen to the words of Paul in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Yes. Hebrews 9, verse 23 says, It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these. He's talking about the blood of goats and bulls that was used in the tabernacle service that was made by Bezalel and Moses and those people. It says that yes. those things, it was necessary that that those um, rooms um, were patterns of things in the heavens, that they should be purified with that animal blood, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Verse 24 yes. says, Hebrews 9, verse 24, for Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, That's those are the holy places that Moses and those guys built. Yes. It says, which are the figures of the true? Right. So, so here Paul says, listen, the building that was built by Moses and his helpers, those were patterns of things in the heavens. Right. He says, those holy places were figures of the true. So by looking and studying that tabernacle in the Old Testament, we can understand things in the heaven and we understand that they are figures or examples of the true sanctuary, which the Lord pitched and not man. And in the Old Testament there in Exodus and in Leviticus, you can see that there were two apartments in the earthly sanctuary yes. made by hands. And these were patterns of things in the heavens. Your question is, how long will this atoning work continue? Yes. You have to go to Leviticus chapter 16, where you can there read 
the climax and finishing of that work of atonement. In Leviticus chapter 16 is the chapter that describes the day of atonement. And in that day of atonement, there was a ceremony that part of it took place in the courtyard, part of it took place in the holy place, and part of the ceremony took place in the most holy place. And the goal of this service is described in Leviticus 16 verse 30. Leviticus 16, verse 30. The question is, how long will this atoning work be continuing? In Leviticus 16, verse 30, it says, For on that day, the day of atonement, shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you that ye may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. So the goal was the priest would do a work on that day of atonement that would clean up and cleanse the church. And this Cleansing was only made available to those people that afflicted their souls. You can read that in Leviticus 23, verse 29 and 32. So so the work is going to continue. The work of atonement is continue until God is going to cleanse and clean up and rebuild his church. And, And anciently, in the Day of Atonement, the people on the Day of Atonement would, would, would flood into the courtyard while the high priest was inside those two golden rooms. And, and, and Exodus 39 says that the priest had golden bells on his garments. So the people that were in the courtyard yes. were listening for those bells. They were listening. And by listening, they could tell when he was approaching the door. They couldn't see him, but they could hear the bells getting louder and louder as he approached the door. And yes. it's interesting. Some Bible scholars have... have um, um, taken the the study of Matthew 24, Luke 17 and 21, and also Mark 13, and right. said that these chapters, which talk about the signs of Jesus coming, that these chapters are actually giving us the tinkling of the bells, so that as we're watching the events that are taking place in the world, because it says in Mark 13, 29, when ye shall see all these things come to pass, know that it is nigh even at the doors. And so yes. what it's talking about is that when you start to see famines, pestilences, earthquakes in diverse places, when you start to see um, unjust wars going on and, 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 and these things um, expanding, we know that our high priest is completing his work and that he's coming towards the door. So so how long will the atoning work continue? Yes. Our high priest will continue his work of atonement until he has completed the task of cleansing and rebuilding the character of his people. Yes. Well, Elder Skeet, now, should we be concerned about the atonement? Hmm. I would begin answering this question by asking my own question. And that question would be, should the children of Israel have been concerned on the night of the Passover that the blood of the lamb slain was applied? Were they concerned about that? If there's a little boy standing next to his dad and he sees the dad slays the lamb and the dad is just standing around with the bowl, but he hasn't applied it yet, would the boy be concerned? Oh, yes. (laughs) He would be very concerned. So I would say, should we be concerned? I would say, yes, a a million times. Our soul salvation depends on us embracing by faith Jesus' atoning death and his atoning high priestly ministry. 
where that blood is applied not only to the records, but to the hearts of men. Yes, we should be concerned. But to tell you the truth, I'm, I'm sure that many of our radio listeners would agree that the world seems to be completely distracted from this work. Yes. You know, the, the news cycles were just talking about COVID for two years solid. You couldn't even turn the news on all you heard about was COVID. And now it's just the invasion of Ukraine by Russia. And, and even in the pulpits yes. of, of, the, of, the, of the world, that um, they're silent concerning the atonement. When have you heard, John, when have you heard the, a sermon on the atonement? Oh, I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember. In America, I go to church every weekend and yes. I, I can't even remember. You know, um, I was just looking on the Internet and it said in 2021, um, users in the United Kingdom spent an average of four hours a day on their mobile devices. You know, we're just we're just completely distracted from this subject. But um, almost the whole church is ignorant of Jesus' high priestly ministry, even though it's vital, it's essential, it's salvational. And I'd just like to share one Bible text yeah, sure. to, show you, to show you the importance uh, of, of Christ's high priestly work. And that's in Acts chapter 5, verses 30 and 31. This is just one Bible text. I mean, you know, you could quote Hebrews 7.25 where it says, Wherefore, he's able also to save them to the uttermost that yes. come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for us. You know, Hebrews 7.25 says, that he's able to save us to the uttermost through his intercession. Yes. But in, in Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5, verse 30, it calls our Jesus our high priest a prince and a savior. I'm going to read for you. Acts chapter 5, verse 30 says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hang on a tree. Verse 31, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, and what is that high priest supposed to do for us? Right. For to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Yes. Now, when you hear repentance, um, we have a narrow view of that. But if you look up that word in the Greek for repentance, the word is metanoia. And that word in Strong's Concordance, it says compunction. That means conviction for right. guilt, including reformation. So our high priest is going to bring us under conviction. Yes. And, and that work is going to include reforming, cleaning up, changing habits, changing what we, what we behold, what we eat, how we dress, how we yes. work, how we walk. He's going to give to Israel, the high priest is going to give to us compunction for guilt, and in, which will include reformation. And then it says he's going to give them forgiveness of sins. If you look that word up in the Greek, yes. that word is aphesis. That word means not only pardon, but freedom, deliverance, liberty. So the high priest is not just going to give us pardon. Right. And that's what most people preach. Oh, Jesus died on the cross where our sins are all forgiven. He's going to give us more than forgiveness. Yes. He's going to give us freedom from sin, deliverance Amen. from sin, liberty from sin. And you need a high priest to do that. Yes, amen. Well, Elder Skeet. This now moves in nicely to our last point, which dovetails with the previous point. How does the atonement relate to us today? 
Okay. God has invited us to participate in his work of atonement. We are to enter into both phases. We are, we are to enter into his death yes. and we are to enter into his mediatorial work. You know, we already read that everyone that's baptized is baptized into his death. Yes. But did you but but the the Bible students will remember in Exodus 39 that that the high priest wore several garments, and this uppermost garment um, um, was um, crowned with a breastplate that had 12 stones, and those stones represented the church, the tribes of Israel, and had names of the tribes carved and engraved upon those stones. And when that high priest in, in, in ancient Israel would go in to do his work of intercession, there were there, those stones represented the people that entered in, that participated in yes. that mediatorial work. And um, we have to enter into his death, and we have to enter into his intercession. You know, each follower of Christ has to have the Holy Spirit to crucify self, but each follower of Christ must be guided by the Holy Spirit in yes. interceding for others. You, you have to participate. You have to participate in God's mission to be 100% at one with him. And, um, you know, we're, we're studying about how to be totally reconciled with God, how to yes. be completely at one with him. You know, 2 Peter 1 talks about that through the promises of God, we're partakers of his divine nature. But, you know, if you really want to understand how to be one with God, you have to study the life of Christ. Yes. And um, in John chapter 10, the question is, how does the atonement relate to us? In John chapter 10 and verse 30, Jesus said, he said, I and my father are one. Yes. And if you study Jesus' life, Jesus spoke his father's words. He did his father's will. He did his father's works. And he is on a mission to um, fulfill the, um, the father's purpose. And and he said, I and my father are one, John 10, 30. But before he left this earth, he prayed that we believers would have that exact same unity. Yes. In John 17, we find that at one, at one meant prayer, intercessory prayer. And in John 17, verse 21, Jesus prayed that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. Notice he said, one as I'm in the Father, and the yes. Father's in me. And he goes on to say that they also may be one in us. Verse 22. Yes. Uh, John 17, verse 22 says, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Mm. Yes. So he said, he said, I want you to be one the same way that, that I'm one with you, I want them to be one. Yes. And um, and he repeats that in um, verse 23, I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me, John yes. 17, 20 to 23. How, how close was the Father and the Son? Um, I'm going to come to, my second to last text here, 2 Corinthians 5, which is which is um, verse 18 and 19. Yes, right. It says, um, and 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19, 
And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That word yes. reconciliation is the same word for atonement. And verse 19, notice what verse 19 says, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. So how were they one? Jesus said, Jesus said look, I'm going to go to work to save man. I'm going to die for them. I'm going to intercede for them. Yes. And when Paul describes it, he says the Father was in Christ, yes. working to reconcile the world to himself. So, so when we really truly want to understand the atonement, the ongoing atonement, yes. we have to t taste of it. If, if Jesus comes and lives in our heart, our life will become what his life is, a life that ever prays, intercedes, and prevails with God and men. Yes. My, cl my closing text I'd like to share is Exodus chapter 32, verse 30. Yeah, uh, thirty-one and thirty-two. Exodus thirty-two, starting at verse thirty. Yes. You know that's the that's the story of the great golden calf apostasy when the children of Israel just lost their minds. They were just rioting and partying while Moses was on the mountain. Moses came down and he dealt with the the ringleaders. And in Exodus thirty-two, verse thirty, he says, "And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord, peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And, and what did Moses do then to make an atonement? Did, did he go up on the mountain and sacrifice a lamb? He did not. Boys. He went up into God's presence and pleaded for God's people. And Moses, was he was so dead to himself that he, he threw in his, his, his own self, soul yes. salvation in the balance. And the Bible says that God heard his prayers. And the next verse says, And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, these people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of thy book. <laughs> Radio listeners, you know, this is the spirit that we need today. If we really want to partake yes. of the atonement, we have to enter into the death of Christ as Moses entered in. We have, to, we have to intercede and plead for church members. You know, the church is just full of people that are just, their heads are in the sand, that they're chained in sin, they're in apostasy, they aren't doing right. And many people just want to just say, I want nothing to do with you. But if we have the same spirit that Jesus had, we would, we would enter into a, an experience where we would say, you know what? I want you to be in the kingdom more than anything else. And we would start praying people through. We start praying our unconverted family members through, praying unconverted church members through. And we would be dead just as Moses was dead and interceding just as he did. Yes. Well, Elder Skeets, let's have a break here for some music and we'll be back with some concluding thoughts. Sweet. 
Was the atonement completed at the cross? Eldersky, final thoughts for this evening. The atonement was not completed on the cross, just like on the Passover service. You can see that the blood that was shed had to be applied before the worshiper was safe from the angel of death. And the Bible teaches that the blood was only applied for those who ate the lamb and, and ate the bitter herbs, you know, for, for self to be crucified, we're going to have to eat Jesus' character, eat his words, eat his spirit, and we're going to have to come through some, some bitter things. The atonement is participatory. In 1 Corinthians 3.9, it says, we are laborers together with God. It's in the great exchange, we are to enter into his death and into his mediatorial work. And he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation. This important subject of the atonement has far-reaching ramifications regarding what Bible subjects we should study. It has ramifications as to the tone and substance of our, our church services. Many church services across the land are off track. If the atonement was complete, we could just have endless Church praise services, just celebrating this completed work. But if it is not complete, our great high priest, our prince and our savior, if he is actually providing compunction, and which includes reformation and deliverance and liberty, liberty from sin, we need to cooperate with him by afflicting our souls. And it's my prayer for every listener on the radio to study into this subject and to discover what it is that we are to do to cooperate with him in this great work of reconciling and atoning for sin. Amen. I'd like to close with, with prayer. Yes. Our, our gracious Father in heaven, Lord, we are so thankful that you have revealed such tremendous love for us coming down and, and, and living your life in, in, a, in, a, in a weakened body like ours, Lord, and just and, and giving, your, giving sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and speech to the dumb and, and giving activity to the limbs of those that were paralyzed. And after you had gave everything, you gave your life on the cross for us. And then you 
were buried and rose the third day and now have ascended to, 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 to apply that blood to our lives. And I pray for every radio listener that they would get their Bibles out and they would go back and, and start to study out these texts and start to understand this subject, which explains how God saves each of us and how we're to cooperate with you. Bless us and help us to continue to tune in to Voice in the Wilderness radio broadcast and, and to learn more fully the messages for these times in which we live, because we've asked it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Elder Skeet, thank you so much for these past two weeks for explaining and walking us through this subject was the atonement completed at the cross. Listeners, if you've got any questions or if you would like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org or you can send a text message to 07944-062-786. If you live in the United Kingdom, please contact us with your name and address and we will send you two free tracts called The Atonement. They cover the subject in the Old and the New Testaments. Those who are living outside the UK can request for electronic versions to be sent to them free. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio, go to the ebook section and find the title, Bible Readings for the Home. Chapters 47 and 48 cover the subjects the atonement in the Old Testament and the atonement in the New Testament. They will give you more information about today's topic. On next week's show, we will discuss the subject, Were the Ten Commandments Abolished at the Cross? Well, that's it for tonight's show. Until next week, good night and God bless. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week. It's not just knowing about the doctrine in the Bible. That is not what we stand for here. Streaming powerful, biblically-based messages live down the This congregation may never be gathered together again as we see it. Voice in the Wilderness, Internet Radio. Enlightening the world every week.